Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, July 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're in St. Joseph, Missouri at Chiefs training camp, and on today's show, you'll hear from Tyron Matthew about the progress of his contract extension. You'll also hear about position battles, who's been impressive, and much more. You'll hear this from Tyron Matthew himself, along with Andy Reid. You'll also hear from star beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell, who have been at training camp since it opened and have plenty of observations about what they've seen. The show started as a sports beat live on KansasCity.com, Facebook, and YouTube. And here's the thing. We're doing more Chiefs shows from Missouri Western this week. So join us Thursday, Friday, and next Monday at 3 p.m. And give us your best questions and comments. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Hey, hello from St. Joe Mo. This is Sports Beat Live, the uh, chat session where we talk Kansas City Chiefs with the people in the media who know them best, Kansas City Star beat writers, and we do it with you. You know the drill. We've done this after every game uh, that the Chiefs have played for the last several years. Uh, you, you send us your questions and comments, and we will get to as many of them as we can. So please join in the discussion talking Chiefs. Hey, before we introduce our crew today, I want to give a big shout out to our presenting sponsor, Sheet Metal Workers Local Union Number Two. Thanks, guys, for for joining us and. Uh, we will be here together the rest of the week and into early next week as well. So if you don't catch us today, uh, you've got a couple other days to, to do that. So joining us today, Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell, beat writers for the Chiefs. How are you guys doing today? Le- uh, living large, living large. <laughs> My first day at training camp, you guys have been here um, for the duration and I brought the heat with me today, which is why, as you see, it would have been it would have been great to do this outside, maybe under the media tent or um, somewhere with the football in the background. No, Herbie, Herbie, emphatically no from Herbie, it wasn't going to happen, and probably won't happen when the uh, the thermometer hits 100 degrees, which it did here today in St. Joe. So. Um, yeah, look, like I said earlier, we, we've done this in, in post-game fashion. This is the first time we've ever done it as a, uh, as a training camp show. And you know, when we do it in, in post-games, there are always lots of questions and answers about uh, what happened, what we just saw. But training camp, I think, might even be more interesting just because of um, everything that goes on and all the questions and you know the, the 90 players who are here for the Chiefs and the position battles and who's looks, who looks good and, and um, who needs to look good. And we'll, we'll get to all of those uh, questions during, during this show. Um, I will share with you, I guess, my, my first camp observations. This was the first day of uh, camp with fans in the stands. Uh, it was season ticket holders only. Uh, the, the camp is open for all fans starting on Thursday. But I think uh, Sam McDowell and I walked over together from, yeah. from the media center, and the one thing we noticed was an incredibly long line. Um, once you got into training camp, Sam, what was that long line about? Well, the, they're doing tickets differently this year, right? You actually have to have a ticket. You can't just get in. You've got to reserve your ticket in advance. So um, there's a cap number as well that would say I haven't said it's probably about 5,000 or so. Um, wasn't full today, but today was also only season ticket members allowed to be out of here. Tomorrow, Thursday is the first uh, full first day where it's uh, it's open to everybody. Yep, yep. And uh, And they had a treat for the season ticket holders. 
free. Well, I, also, I also think Blair, we should point out that you and I walked, but Herbie took his car and then the golf carts over there while you and I walked over there. <laughs> it, 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 was, did. it was too hot to walk, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a walk to be measured in yards, by the way, you know, <laughs> Few hundred yards. I think I like Plus it. Five it. football fields. <laughs> Maybe a lap and a half around the track uh, in total distance. But uh, anyway, we all got there. We all got to see uh, training camp today. Busy day, right? A lot went. A lot went on. Uh, we will. We will have. Uh, Sam McDowell has already written his camp observations for the day. Those are posted on KansasCity.com. Also posted there, though. It's a story that Herbie Tiope wrote and. It involves Tyron Matthew, who met the media today after practice was over. And um, Herbie, just give us a, a quick version of the story. The, the obvious question with Tyron Matthew is the contract, and he's uh, in, in the um, approaching the final year of his three-year deal that he signed, you know, for forty-two million dollars. And this is the time to extend him. It hasn't happened yet. We all thought it might happen by the time training camp started, but it hasn't happened yet. So what did, what did uh, Tyron Matthew have to say? And before you answer that, uh, we will hear after you answer that, what Tyron Matthew actually said. <laughs> so you want me to dissect it. Okay, here I we did. go. Look, you know, and I think Blair, you hit the nail on the head here. You know, we, we all thought this would be done before camp. And so to us, it's a surprise. And so I asked Tyron Matthew, is he disappointed or is he surprised it hasn't been done yet? And he said, no, I'm not disappointed at all. I'm here to ball. You know, and I think he mentioned I'm here to ball at least two or three times during his press conference. So he, he says he's not worried about it. It's not going to be a distraction. And he also expressed some confidence that it will be done. You know, and Andy Reid addressed it as well. And he said, hey, Tyron knows, you know, he, he wants to play football. And Chief CEO and Chairman Clark Hunt even also said the same thing. He's aware that Matthew wants to be here. But he mentioned something about the timing not being right to get it done immediately or, you know, we might be uncertain as to when it's done. But I think you'd want to get that finished sooner or later, sooner That's, than later. Yeah, I agree. And um, I'll, I'll come back after we hear from Tyron Matthew and ask Sam about some reasons why it might, might be taking this long. But let's go ahead and hear from Tyron Matthew. This is uh, this is what Tyron Matthew had to say about his contract situation today after practice. Okay, all about ball. Um, 
Yeah, n- nothing terribly revealing. I don't know what he could have said that would have been revealing, except for I'm signing later this afternoon and, and given us the the amount <laughs> and the you know and the dollar figure. So uh, that wasn't going to happen. Um, all right, Sam, what what do we think is going on here? Why uh, the Chiefs have a recent history of getting deals done with uh, star players before camp, or maybe just a you know, just after, right after camp starts, could that happen with Tyron Matthew? And what may be the reason for the holdup? Yeah, I mean, of course it could happen. Um, I, I'm, I'm with Herbie. I thought this deal would get done before before we saw Tyron Matthew in camp today. So, um, to me, they're already a little bit behind. And the reason I thought it would get done is because the player wants to be here, and the team wants the player to be here. Um, so that that leads you to the obvious direction that the difference is the finances. And um, the reason the finances come into play is because the Chiefs are up against it with the cap over these next couple of years. It's not about this year. It's about the fact that you're going to try and extend this guy beyond this year and what deal makes sense for the team within the cap. It's not just about what the player's worth. It's about how he could potentially fit into the cap. Now, we've seen the Chiefs be really creative with their salary cap over the past couple of years. So I'm not going to say that that is – you know, the, the biggest thing on their on their checklist for the things that they need to make sure fits in. But it's definitely a factor. I mean, so but I mean, the Chiefs have guys who do this. I mean, they, they know that they can fit this contract in. It's just to me, it's, a, it's about what number makes sense for both player and team. Yeah, look, there, there's some, you know, when we talk about signing a contract extension, it's not a, it's never just about the first year. It's it's about uh, years two, three, four, five, however long the, the the contract is. And the Chiefs, I'm sure they've got a grease board up and uh, or a spreadsheet uh, and looking at their, you know, looking at the salary cap in twenty in twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, however long they sign Tyron yeah. Matthew. Look, I. He, everything that's been said, and Andy Reid talked about it also today, uh, Every and even Clark Hunt, everything I've heard is um, they want him here, and he says he wants to be here. Herbie, your best guess, he, he's, he's here for, I don't know, three to five years beyond this? Yeah, I would say exactly that, anywhere between three to five years. And you're absolutely correct, Sam. You, the finances might probably have a lot to do with this uh it's a matter of trying to figure out as sam says what fits you know veach general manager brett veach is a very smart kind of guy and he's not going to do anything that's going to hurt the team and we've heard him say numerous times over the past couple years what makes sense for the team uh so that you know sooner or later they will find that common or that that level ground where they're going to meet and then they'll have something finished you know, Blair. the best example of this is probably frank clark on the chiefs right now his his current they they, they, the Chiefs desperately wanted him here. They wanted him here for the long term, so they gave him a five-year deal. Well, in year three of that deal, Frank Clark is now going to be the highest cap charge in the league outside of all the quarterbacks, and they're dealing with that. You know, their, their current cap situation feels that, and obviously that's a that's a contract they could potentially get out of next year, um, but it's not one they can get out of this year. That They've got to work around it, so – with Tyron Matthew, you know, do you have a, a year like that and, and the deal? Can you afford to have a year like that when Patrick Mahomes' contract is going to be escalating over the next couple of years? Here, here's something to consider when it comes to these contracts and the creativity in the Chiefs' front office. It was just a year ago when we were looking at uh, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, and even Travis Kelsey. We were, we were wondering how in the world are they going to find the cap space to get all in, you know, one of those deals done, but they got all three of them done. So, you know, at least Brant Tillis in the front office, Brett V, still figure out a way to somehow make it work with Tyron Matthew. 
The other thing I enjoyed listening uh, to about with Tyron Matthew today was he was he was asked a question about who uh, he was about his age, right? He's twenty nine years old, so we're talking about a, a contract that would be in his year, you know, age years twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, thirty. You know, take him into his early thirties, and he rattled off a list of. Uh, of of other safeties and defensive backs who he's admired over the years, all of which played into uh, double digit years in, into the in the NFL th- into their mid thirties. I just thought that was that was interesting that he identified a, a, a group of about five of them. I think. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Joseph, uh, Champ Bailey, and I can't remember the other the other names that he mentioned. Charles, but- Charles Woodson, Ronde Barber, and yep. The, the most interesting part of that to me is that, you know, I, I know that that stats tell a story. I know that the analytical metrics tell a story about players, but he does have un- unquantifiable qualities, I, I think, and as, as, especially when it comes to the fact that they don't have a lot of experience in the secondary. I and mean, they're going in this year with Charvarius Ward and Legereus Sneed as starting cornerbacks, you know, potentially bringing over Mike Hughes. But um, they, they don't have guys that are in their fourth, fifth, sixth year. You know, they're still trying to work Juan Thornhill back. Um there's, there's, he, he's got legitimate mentorship abilities that I don't think are matched inside that locker room, and that does have value. And I, I know that, like I said, there's, there's certain metric ways of placing just how valuable a guy was over the season, and it doesn't account for that stuff. And that's not what people want to hear all the time, but that stuff does have value in a locker room. Absolutely. Hey, shout out to Tony. Tony, glad you're with us, and Damon, you too, uh, as well. Um, D- Damon wants to know uh, about position battles. What's the best uh, position battles going on? I think a best way to get into that would be let's just let's start with the offensive line because today was uh, kind of a, a bit of a, bit of a revelation about uh, who is you know what, what the who the ones and the twos were. So what did we see running with the ones today, and then who did we see with the twos on the offensive line? And we're we're going there because. If, if you're a Chiefs fan, you know why we go here. <laughs> why why the offensive line's important. So Herbie, take us through what did you see on the uh with with the ones going on the offensive line today? What I saw with the ones is the same exact thing Sam McDowell and I saw during OTAs and mandatory minicamp, but we couldn't report. You know, but we did drop some few hints there. You know, it wouldn't surprise if you saw Trey Smith lining up at right guard, and that's exactly what he did. From left to right, you had Orlando Brown. Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Mike Remmers. And, and there is a realistic shot that the Chiefs could start the season with two rookies on the front five there. Uh, Ron Duvernay-Tardif was backing up Trey Smith uh, with the twos. Uh, Lucas Nyang was was working over there at left tackle. Uh, Nick Allegretti at left guard. Austin Blythe at center. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be I, I think if you put me on the spot right now, I would say that the right guard position is Trey Smith's job to lose. You know what's most interesting about the offensive line is that they brought in three free agents this year. When you look at Austin Blythe, Joe Tooney, and uh, Kyle Long, uh, three three former starter free agents. I mean, they they brought in other other guys as well, but three guys who have started for a long time. Um, they traded for another one in Orlando Brown. They've got another former starter coming back off of the COVID list, uh, COVID opt-out and uh, LDT. That's five starters they brought in, yet still two rookies are opening up camp as the starter, um, which I think tells you more about Trey Smith than it does about the rest of the group. I think when you think about some of the comments Andy Heck made during uh, mandatory, excuse me, during OTAs where he kept saying um, 
Trey Smith is a guy who can start. And, you know, he kind of like foreshadowed that. But now, now that we're out here in training camp, we don't have to keep saying it wouldn't surprise because now we're seeing it out there. Yeah, yeah. Andy Reid was asked. Andy Reid was asked about it too, and he said that you know he's he's legitimately earned this shot. Um, you know, now things change when the pads get on sometimes, but Andy Reid didn't shy away from from saying that this guy's the starter right now. Boy, again, and we 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 spent some time talking about it in the off season. The, uh, the the Super Bowl loss had a just a major influence on reshaping this offensive line and what the Chiefs want to do with it. Um, hey, Jack, uh, glad you can join us. Uh, g- great to have you back. I hope you stay with us throughout the year. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Cody asks, how much more rushing are the Chiefs going to do this season to lengthen time of possession and causing fewer hits on Patrick Mahomes thanks to this new offensive line? So what are the... What what do we think about that in terms of uh, getting first of all job one protecting Patrick Mahomes and two getting you know just getting more a little more balance maybe in the offense and and um, uh, you know I, I I wonder what we're what we're talking about here for Clyde Edwards Alaire and and um, and Daryl Williams for for this season. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they're going to run the ball more. I just think they're going to run the ball more efficiently when they do run it. Um, you know, they've that more derives from the fact that the, the interior guys than it does the fact that they have new tackles. Um, but they're still a pass first team. I mean, you still don't want to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands any more than you did. So, um, I think it's a good question because I think one of the things that's been under talked about the new offensive line, we always talk about protecting Patrick Mahomes. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a rookie, had to run behind that line last year, too, and he's going to have a better group to run behind. So, I think you're going to see a better Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm just I'm not convinced that that necessarily means you're going to see a lot more of them, though. I have to agree with Sam. I think they are going to be a, le- a little bit more efficient up front. Uh, I think they have the ability to impose their physicality on the defense. You know, when I, when I hear Trey Smith the other day saying, I like to beat up people, <laughs> I was like, if you love offensive line pain, you hear an offensive lineman say that, you know, that, that's that's a mentality that you want up front. Well, staying on the offensive line for a second, when Herbie, when you were uh, going through the the twos, uh, those are you got former starters there, you know, guys that started in the Super Bowl. Uh, they have really addressed the depth of the offensive line. Yeah, and, you, and the guy we don't even talk about, you know, Andrew Wiley. You know, he's getting lost in the shuffle here, but you know, he was seeing some repetitions at tackle uh, with the first team, or excuse me, the second team offense. He was over there at right tackle. Uh, but you know he he's got a he's gonna have an interesting time making this roster in my opinion. Okay, 
All right. Hey, so let's, uh, let's lean on Sam here for some camp observations. Um, who, uh, we're always looking for, uh, you know, for, for great offensive plays. The, the offense, the way we're situated, the offense is right in front of us, the defense. We have to turn our necks a little bit. You know, that's just uh, terribly inconvenient for us. But the, but the offense is right in front of us. We get a better view of the offense. Um, what did we see today, at least maybe in, in, uh, with wide receivers? Who, was, who made the catches? Who made the good throws today, Sam? Yeah, I thought Demarcus Robinson had a good day. Um, he had a couple catches, and uh, one of them was a particularly difficult catch. Um, Patrick Mahomes, and in Patrick Mahomes fashion, had a, uh, a sidearm flick to Tyree Kill that stood out. Um, I actually do, do think, even though what you just mentioned, I think the player that stood out the most to me, though, was Willie Gay. Um, he was running with the first team. Also, he was the, the guy that got his hand on a couple of passes and the guy that came closest to getting an interception today. Um, so I, I thought Willie Gay... It was the guy that stood out to me more than anybody. Now, I mean, we're all going to be watching that wide receiver number two battle with with Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman. I still think that winds up being a collection of guys rather than somebody getting all of Sammy Watkins' snaps. So I understand that that's going to be a hot battle throughout camp. But um, Willie Gay, Willie Gay, really made an impact today. I thought. Okay, you bring up McCole Hardman. Uh, he met the media yesterday and said that he wasn't able to work with Patrick Mahomes in the offseason, which kind of I mean, it kind of hit some ears wrong a little bit. Seems like a guy who's yeah. got a lot to prove this year would, um, would, would, uh, would, would have found a way to make that work. Listen, offseasons are difficult schedules. We all get that. But uh, So yeah. Andy Reid was asked about it today, that particular topic. So let's hear what Andy Reid had to say about McCole Hardman. Okay. Will it? I will say this. I asked McCole Hardman on Veteran Report Day, how how does he view his third year? And he acknowledged that this is an important camp for him as he enters his third professional season. And he mentioned some of the things that he was working on. Uh, But, yeah, you're absolutely correct. All the eyes will be on him. Yeah, I think McCole Hardman has identified the the things he needs to improve accurately. You know, when you talk to other people about him, it's it's the route tree and, and getting in and out of his breaks and um, getting on the same page with the quarterback. I mean, he identified those things again, like I said, or like Harvey just said, when he asked him about it, what he worked on in the offseason. Um, but I think the worrisome thing is we heard this from McCole Hardman last year. We did not see him make that leap from year one to year two. So. Uh, I mean, Herbie's right, and we just heard from Andy Reid. This is a big camp for McCall Hardman, not just because it's year three, but because the opportunity is there like it hasn't been in year one and year two with Sammy Watkins gone now. So the Chiefs need him. You know, when you go, when you look through the, the key guys for the Chiefs this season, could they do without McCall Hardman? Yeah, but if McCall Hardman has a great year, it's really hard to envision the Chiefs not being really, really good offensively. 
See, I'm wondering if he takes that jump to, you know, 60 to 65 receptions, you know, 900 to 1,000 yards, uh, eight, eight to 10 touchdowns. Is, is, is that there for McCole Hart? I don't think that that those types of numbers will be there for him because you just battled off a 1,000-yard season, six to eight touchdowns, eight to ten touchdowns. When I think of those stats, I'm thinking of a number one wide receiver, and that's just not going to be his role there. Uh, if, if he's eclipsing 1,000 yards, that's going to hurt Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill's production because you know that's going to be coming from their side. I, I don't know if he's going to be that kind of guy. I think if you can get seven to 800 yards, yeah, I think that's a good year for him. Okay. Okay. Hey, before we leave the offense, uh, there was some news today uh, involving Darwin Thompson. What was that about, uh, Sam? Yeah, Darwin Thompson has uh, joined James Winchester on the uh, the NFL's reserve COVID list. Um, so it's it's just kind of interesting because at the start of every training camp day, our job in, in the media is to take attendance. And it's much harder during training camp when there's 90 guys out there as opposed to uh, the 53 during the season. But He's the only guy missing out there today who we expected to see out there. And we later learned from Andy Reid that, that he's landed on the COVID list. Okay. Uh, I said we were going to leave the offense, but we're not. Just uh, Michael wants to know who's going to get more plays this year, um, D. Williams or McKinnon? Uh, who, who gets more snaps? I love that question because I think that's one of the, the questions that I think we probably don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll let Herbie answer it if he's got an idea there, but – um, I think they're two totally different backs, and so they'll each be used based on situation. Um, but ga- gauging which one's going to end up with more snaps, I think that's a really good question. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with Sam there as well. It's really going to depend on the situation. So Daryl Williams is your physical kind of running back. So, you know, you're not going to have Jarrett McKinnon in there trying to get that third and one, third and two short yardage play. That's going to be set up for Williams. He's one of the more interesting camp follows the meet of McKinnon just to, just to see what he's about and uh, and to see where where he's going to end up on the on the depth chart. So, um, uh, okay, let's uh, uh, let, let's uh, you mentioned Willie Gay again. He stood out today defensively. Uh, I, what I saw was uh, Charvarius Ward at the left corner, uh, uh, Snead at the right, and when Mike Hughes came in, Snead kicked into the the, the nickel. Um, is, is that what kind of we were thinking about that position? Yeah, I, you know, I, I heard during the offseason that the Chiefs were tinkering with that idea. You know, Snead played nickel cornerback last year for the first time in his life. Um, you know, his, his story is interesting because he played – he started last season because Bashard Breland was under the suspension for the first couple of weeks. But when he played so well, the Chiefs didn't want to, to, to keep him off the field. He gets injured, injured to the collarbone. So that whole time – He's learning how to play nickelback, which he had never played in college, never played in high school, but he played so well there that the Chiefs feel like that's a good spot for him in nickel coverage. To me, that's the biggest question going into this entire season, though, is the cornerbacks. I I remain a a little cautious, I guess I would say, on their uh, outside cornerbacks if they're going to kick LeJerry Sneed inside. I think he's their best outside cornerback, and I'd want my best guys playing on the outside. Um, so Mike Hughes or DeAndre Baker are going to really have to step up and show more than I think we've seen from them so far um, for that plan to work out. They do Very have good. two good, you know, and, and Sam mentions Baker and, and Hughes. The best thing about them is they have first round pedigree. You know, for one reason or another, it didn't work out that other stops, but they do have that talent. So now it's just a matter of can they absorb the scheme and hit the ground running. 
Okay, let's, uh, let, let's wind the show down, and I want to play one last clip for you, and it's uh, off, a little off-topic when it comes to you know, d- directly involving the, you know, the Chiefs and this season, but it is current, the, the topic. And uh, Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, and Tyron Matthew were all asked about mental health, and why is that a topic? Well, if you've been watching the Olympics and you, you know the story of Simone Biles. Uh, if you follow tennis at all, you know the story of Naomi Osaka, two you know top of the line, top level, the best in their profession athletes who have taken a break from their sports because of um, some uh, me- mental mental health challenges. So you know we we were thinking what what NFL team uh, has more pressure on them and maybe has to deal with the, the at least that end of the mental health. Uh, aspect than, than the Kansas City Chiefs, two-time Super Bowl participating team, Super Bowl winner. So Andy Reid uh, and, and Tyron Matthew were asked about it, along with Clark Hunt. But let's hear what Andy Reid and Tyron Matthew had to say when asked about um, uh, the challenges of mental health. Um, uh, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was it was more than I expected, really, from from Andy Reid and and from Tyron Matthew, who didn't dismiss it. You know, talked about mental health, and I understand we had a couple of audio issues. I'm sorry. You can go to Kansas City, Cody and and Brian and others. You can go to KansasCity.com. Those uh, um, uh, those videos appear also. Rich Sugg took them, so they appear on KansasCity.com as well. But uh, anything about what they said strike you guys? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, this is a topic I've written about a couple times, and I know Blair, you wrote about it today. Um, the important thing is to keep talking about it, you know, to to normalize talking about it. And so, I was really encouraged, especially by uh, what Tyron Matthew had said. Um, he clearly had had paid, and Blair, I think that was the question that you asked him. Um, but he clearly had paid attention to what had happened to with uh, Simone Biles, and I I was really just encouraged. Um, like I said. Uh, the, the empathy and the care with which he spoke. And I think, I just think that's important on this topic. Well said, Sam. Well said. Okay. 
let's wrap it up today. And uh, we we will um, we'll be coming at you at three o'clock uh, each of the next two days and into next week. So please join us. Tell your friends um, and send us questions and comments. Uh, we will be here to answer them. We'll be here to watch practice and to report what's going on. Big big thanks to Sheet Metal Workers Local Union Number Two for providing the sponsorship for today's show. Big thanks to Sam McDowell, Herbie T.O.B., Beth Welsh, and Monty Davis, everybody who helped put this together. Come back and join us tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Take care. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie T.O.B. and Sam McDowell for talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That is right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. And it is a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs at training camp, the Royals who are hot, the colleges who are in a state of confusion, our soccer teams, and much more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.com kansascity.com slash subscribe and if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers you just send me an email bkirkoff at kcstar.com and i'll get you to the right place so whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening we'll be back on friday with another episode 